What is up, guys? So before we start the show today, I want to take a little bit of time to tell you about something I hold very near and dear to my heart, and that is Social X. Social X is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures, and their weekly mastermind calls feature top business moguls and entrepreneurs from various industries. They have online courses, they have amazing entrepreneur events all over the country, and much, much more. Now, if you're interested in learning more about Social X, go ahead and go to socialxmastermind.com. And uh, let them know you came from this podcast. And, you know, I really genuinely believe you should join this mastermind because honestly, without it, this podcast would not exist. So go ahead, come join me within the Social X Mastermind. And let's go ahead and get on with the show. Welcome to the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show, where we speak with elite individuals and top performers and sing what it takes to stay healthy and get wealthy. Are you ready to be elite? Are you ready to be part of the 1%? Well, then without further ado, let's get it. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. I'm your host, Chase Henderfit, and today I have another elite entrepreneur. I'm not kidding. This guy is top of the line elite. You guys are going to absolutely love him. He is a doctor, CEO, author, world-class bodybuilder, and multimillionaire entrepreneur. What does he not do? <laughs> he runs a fitness franchising business called the Camp Transformation Center with 110 locations, and he's got two different supplement and nutrition companies as well. He's helped over 100,000 people transform physically and mentally while also helping those that follow him and those that he coaches become a one percenter. Please help me welcome Dr. Sam Bakhtiar. Dr. Bakhtiar, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Chase. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an honor and it's a privilege to be on your show, so thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, it's an honor and privilege to have you on the show. I mean, we met in Puerto Rico and I got to speak alongside you on stage, which was for me, it was like one of those dream come true moments. I'm sitting there going, oh my God, like this is crazy. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course. Uh, awesome. So, I mean, you're very you know, huge in the social media space, but for those of you who do not know who you are, kind of tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what really got you to where you are today? What, what led you into the fitness field at such a huge capacity that you're at today? Well, you know, I had the typical immigrant story, you know, so, you know, typical immigrant story, you know, my mom and I came to the United States when I was 11. You know, single mom and me, you know, $500 in the luggage. You know, what I wanted to do is play football, you know, real football, not American football, real football. And uh, at the time, I went to a little town called Sharon, Pennsylvania in 1985. It was in the middle of nowhere, America. They didn't have a soccer, you know, um, you know, a team. So I was devastated. You know, so long story short, you know, I had to figure out what I wanted to do. I didn't know anything about football, baseball. You know, I tried out for the basketball team. I didn't make it. I was devastated. So I went to the boys club to try to get better at basketball, but I fell in love with weight training. I fell in love with weight training, not because what it helped me on the outside, but also what it did for me on the inside. You know, weight training basically is like life. Life is overcoming large, heavy obstacles. You right. know what I mean? And to me, um, weightlifting is such a, such a metaphor for life because life is all about overcoming adversity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's been a huge factor for me as well, getting into the fitness space. It's allowed me to kind of hop over those mental blocks and those obstacles through a physical movement of overcoming, you know, maybe going up a higher weight, doing more reps. It's all about pushing yourself in the end. But, you know, your story is so impactful. And I got to hear the entirety of your story in Puerto Rico. 
And one of those key obstacles that you had to come overcome was that immigrant story coming over to America. You mind kind of explain what that was like? Because I know there's a lot of people who, you know, they want to become something big and maybe they have that immigrant story too, but they feel like it's that immigrant story to where they feel like they can't become something bigger. Look, you know, I'm a firm believer. You can do whatever you want as right. long as you're willing to pay the price. You know what I mean? A lot of people want to achieve stuff, but are they really willing to pay the price? Anything is possible as long as you're willing to put in the work and willing to be relentless about it and be obsessed about it and go after it. You know, and a lot of people, you know, they, they talk it, but they don't walk it. A lot of people want to shine, but they don't want to grind. That's the difference, man. You know, to me, I'm a firm believer. You live in the greatest country that it was ever invented. This, this is the best country. This is a land of opportunity, land of being free. You know, if you can't do it here, then good luck. What are you going to do it in Bangladesh, in Pakistan, in India, in China? No, you know, you're going to do it here. So if you can't do it here, then you have, you know, it's your excuse. Right. Results over reasons. Absolutely. That's huge. So what are some of those first steps that you took on your journey to where you are today? Because you, you, you went to the gym, you realized how impactful it was on your life just as a whole. Um, what were those, you know, kind of key moments that really stood out to you that, okay, yeah, I need to be in the fitness realm? You know, first, you got to be obsessed about what you're doing, obsessed about your field, obsessed about being the best of what you do. So first thing, when I went to the weight, weight room, I started working out, but I'm like, you know, I need to learn this stuff. So I started reading every book, started reading every magazine. I started, you know, studying nutrition, started studying supplementation, started experimenting on myself, started experimenting with, with, with others. I became obsessed about the art of human body transformation. So a lot of people, they want to, they want to get, make a quick buck. And they're like, well, I'm going to get into this, but I'm not really going to go dive too deep in, in knowing what to do. I just want to make a quick buck. That's not how you're going to do it. You got to become obsessed. You got to become relentless. You got to, you got to just persevere of doing, I mean, look at, you see this? Oh yeah. So, so, you know, <laughs> I'm not just talking about it. That's what I do. You know, you know, I'm obsessed about nutrition, tra supplementation, transfer, body transformation. You know, about one third of my books are on that subject. You know, I'm obsessed about business. One third of those books are on that, you know, and the <laughs> other third of the book is about personal development. You know, so I'm obsessed in these three areas of life. You know what I mean? And, and you know, if you're not obsessed about it, if you're not relentless about, you know, becoming the best at that field, don't just get in the field. Oh, well, I just want to get on e-commerce. Don't get on e-commerce because you just want to make a quick buck. If you're going to get in e-commerce, then be the damn best e-commerce guy on the planet. If you're going to be a personal trainer, don't just become another personal trainer that just counts reps. Become the best damn personal trainer in the world. If you're going to become a mechanic, don't just become a horrible mechanic or just a mechanic that can do X, Y, and Z. You know, become a mechanic that can do A through Z and become the best at it. Become the guru. Become the become the most respected person in that field. Or don't fucking do it at all because it's going to be another commodity. Right. Better it's either 100% or 0%. Absolutely. You either do it or don't or shut the fuck up. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So when it comes to becoming obsessed, because that's one of the key uh, factors when it comes to anybody who really becomes successful, becoming obsessed with the craft. What are some of those kind of steps to really get the ball rolling? Because I know a lot of people, when they first get into their passion, maybe it's you know, they're met with a adversely all like behind you literally have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. And like you said, everybody wants a quick buck. Everybody wants to like the quick fix. 
how do you start getting that momentum rolling to where you can go through all these hundreds of books and you can be patient with the amount of time it might take to become a master of the craft? I just posted that a little bit ago um, in one of, one of our pages, and I believe it's 1% Life uh, page. If you want to become successful, then you got to change what you do every day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if you want to read a book, you know, you know, it's not like, okay, I'm, I'm going to read a book. You know, no, no. You know, let me start reading 10 pages a day, 20 pages a day. Let me start eating, reading a half an hour a day. So you got to change your routine for long-term success. You know, look, success doesn't come overnight, but it compounds. And every time you do something, you're either coming closer to your goal or more away your goal. So it really is your choice of what you want to do every single day. You know, so to me, your daily routine tells everything about where you are in life. Oh, absolutely. And then um, kind of going into the mindset of the millennial or the Gen Z, because we're all very, you know, now focused. And, you know, the, the game of success is very long term. What are some of those things that you would kind of say to kind of help reframe the concept of what it really takes to be successful? Look, we all know that most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five years. Right. Through my whole entire life of observing people when it had to come with becoming financially successful or becoming healthy and getting the body that they want. The only thing that, is, that, the, that the most important thing that's missing, the most important factor for people that fail is just consistency. Because mm -hmm. you know what? Consistency is not sexy. Your consistency is fucking defense. Right. <laughs> Everybody wants to throw touchdowns and throw the ball all the way across the field and, and get a touchdown. But we know that that's every once in a while. Mm -hmm. A defense day in, day out is what's going to win the game and what's going to be able to do it. So consistency is not sexy. You know, and guess what? The things are not sexy are going to give you the sexy results later. Dang. That's good. I wish I had a little bomb, the little bump. Oh, right. <laughs> bomb right there. Awesome. So kind of going a little bit in your story, you know, consistency was a huge factor in your success. What were your years like going through, you know, your, um, your formal education, getting your bachelor's degree, getting your doctorate? What was that period of time like? Uh, did you still have that vision of success in your mind of what you wanted? And then, you know, what was the experience like as well going through that time? So I went through formal education because of my mother. My mother's an old school, you know, Middle Eastern lady that says, you know, there's only three things you can be in life, doctor, lawyer, engineer. And if not any of those things, you're a bum and I prefer you become a doctor. So right. when I went to, you know, Penn State and got my undergrad degree and went to Los Angeles College of Chiropractic to get my doctor degree, I was doing it for my mom. But I studied everything that I wanted to learn. I, you know, I went to the doctor of chiropractic because what did the chiropractors do? They, have, they work on bones, muscles, nerves, and, you know, they work on nutrition, they work on supplementation. So I want to learn everything I need to know about what I ultimately wanted to do. I never wanted to crack people's back. That wasn't my thing. I wanted to ultimately become the guru when it comes to body transformation. And I went and get, got everything done to be that person. Oh, absolutely. You got to do whatever it takes. Now, what was, what was Dr. Bakhtiar like before he became Dr. Bakhtiar during those years? Because I feel like, you know, when you have someone who's just super obsessed, it's a, it's a different type of person than the, you know, run of the, breed or run of the mill uh, college kid. You know, um, I always knew, my mom always taught me this. Says, Sam, you can be anything you want as long as you're willing to put in the work. So for me, you know, in college years, what I wanted to do is ultimately own my gym and I want to become a professional bodybuilder, right? So what, what did I do? You know, I went, you know, I worked out, 
every single day. I went to school every single day. I studied every single day, but I also worked as a personal trainer, you know, and, you know, I was milk prepping. I was, I was grocery shopping. I was all into my bodybuilding. So all my college years, I didn't go out and party. I didn't go out to fat houses. I don't know nothing about that life. I was super focused on, on two things, my studies and my bodybuilding. And that was it. You know, um, once I got out of college and became the real world, you know, the discipline that I've learned in college, the discipline that I learned in bodybuilding, the stuff that I had to do in college to manage my time so I can get everything done, I just applied it to business. You know, so the sooner you learn those discipline in life, guess what? They can transfer it to different areas and, and, and different things that you do. Oh, that's huge. That's why I love really, you know, the, the, the mantra of the show is, you know, young, healthy, and wealthy. Your health is your wealth. And with fitness, there's such a huge correlation with business. It all comes down to the discipline in the gym can really translate to the discipline within the business. Well, you know, um, you know, I always tell people this, you know, what, what I'm very big on when I coach people and I get them physically in shape, they all make more money. You know I mean? They all make more money. I mean, you know, if you feel better about yourself, if you have more energy, you carry yourself better, you know, you look, you have less stress, you can think clearer. You know, I don't work out every single day now because I wanted 20, that was 20 years ago. I, don't, I could care less how big my arms are. Don't get me wrong, I wanna look good and I wanna look healthy, you know, but it's not like, oh, I need to step on stage and, and have the biggest quads or, or biggest separation on my hamstrings and stuff like that. No, I work out every single day because I gotta be mentally clear. If I don't work out, man, I'm not 100% myself. Now, a lot of people are like, how many days a week do you work out? How many days a week do you work out? Well, here's, here's the deal, you know? For me, a lot of people associate working out with going to the gym and killing themselves. I associate working out with movement. So, so working out some days for me, you know, I can go in and squat 400 pounds and, you know, bench 300 pounds and, and do all kinds of crazy stuff. But other days for me, it could be a simple two-mile walk with my dog, a very slow-paced, you know, relaxing, relaxing thing. But you got to move. You can't get up in the morning and just uh, right from the bed, just go get a coffee and just sit in front of your computer all day long. That's death. Yeah. That's death. You know, you have to move, man. You've, God has created your body to move. The, the more you move, the more you release natural endorphins, natural encephalus. Those are your feel-good hormones. This way, later on, you're not going to want to, you know, get into prescription drugs, you know, painkillers and antidepressants and all that crap that is so widely prescribed today. Oh, absolutely. A body in motion stays in motion. A body rest stays a rest. Absolutely. And what's huge about that, too, is, you know, a lot of people, they don't realize how important it is to move, like you were saying. And if you look at some of the stats of uh, deaths over the past couple of years, a lot of it, you know, some of them can really be traced back to being sedentary. Like people are literally dying from not moving, which is insane. I mean, look, man, it's, it's a very well documented, you know, we, we know that when people retire, completely retire, they die soon after that. Mm -hmm. God has put you on this earth for you to have a purpose. Right. And you get up every morning and you don't have a purpose. You don't have nothing to live for. Guess what? Then God's going to take you out. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, I gave you everything. What you going to do with it? Nothing? All right. Peace We're out. Somebody else in. Come on, tag me in, coach. <laughs> for that's, sure. that's awesome. So what were those bodybuilding years like? Because I've, I've always uh, thought of the idea of, you know, competing like in a physique competition more so than like actual bodybuilding. But you know, I, I do have a couple friends who are in that arena. 
and you know, I, I like to hear your perspective on the bodybuilding industry back when you, you know, when you were in the industry all in and then what it's kind of developed into now. Well, you know, um, bodybuilding lifestyle is one of the best things that you can do because you eat healthy, you work out, you take care of yourself, you know, and I think the discipline it teaches you, you know, it's, it's, you know, immeasurable, you know, as, as far as when it comes to success and things like that. Competing in bodybuilding now is taking it to the extreme and it, it can get on the unhealthy side. You know, right. you know, I remember, you know, you know, when, when people compete in bodybuilding, a lot of people um, use performance drugs, a lot of people use diuretics, a lot of people, you know, just go above and beyond because they want to be able to win the competition. And, and a lot of the organizations don't really test on, on steroids or in diuretics and things like that. So it's kind of understood that's what, that's what everybody is doing. And if you want to compete against them, that's what you want to have, a, you know, you want to be on a level playing field. Yeah. So, so if you're going to do a, a physique show or bodybuilding show, as long as you don't put yourself in danger and do anything stupid and unhealthy, by all means, go for it. And I always say, you're not competing against anybody else. The only person that you're competing against, you got to become better each time you step on stage. That's all you're competing against. As long as you know that you were better than you were before, you already won. No matter what the judges say, no matter what the trophy said, some of these you know, people these days, I feel like they're not killing themselves for a trophy. And these are, these are like moms and dads and you know, people who like actually have a life. It's one thing, you're, you're in your 20s, you don't got nothing to live for. You know, you're just like, you're going all out of bodybuilding. But if you, you know, if you got kids around and stuff like that, you're taking all kinds of crap and you're taking diuretics and you're dehydrating yourself, man, you're putting yourself in danger. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, because I've seen, I've seen a lot of people, you know, even within the gym that I work, work out at and work at, is we've had a couple people compete and like the, the state that they're in, they get so dried up or even just like so shredded to where you could just see in their eyes like something's wrong. I mean, because you can get shredded and then you can get you know, really good for a stage and be fine. Like you can do it healthy. But there's a lot of people who go the extra mile. They take that extra, like you say, diuretics or like performance anti drugs. And then you can just see it where they're just something about them. It's just, it's been drained. And it's crazy. You're talking to someone who's done it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the other side. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I've done it. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, you know, I, you know, unless you are somebody who's making money and feeding your family, taking it to the extreme, then don't fucking do it. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's a whole thing. You got to go all in and make money with it. Or, you know, you can't just be like half ass it. And then, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to compete a little bit and then take this. No, 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 no. This, no. Gotta, this has got to be your number one thing. Exactly. Just like anything else, either go all in or go all out. And if you're going to go all in, at least make sure there's an end game to it. When I went all in, you know, when, when, when I went all in and I was competing at the highest stage and, and I was taking performance enhancing drugs, you know, I knew that, Hey, by 32, I'm done. You know, I have friends right now that, that are still in, in their 40s, still competing, still taking performance enhancing drugs. I'm like, it's got to stop. We got to have an end game. You know, for me right now, my health, my family, you know, that comes before any of that stuff. Right. Absolutely. You gotta, you, I, I love where your priorities lie. It's all about you and then, you know, the family as well. Making yeah. sure you keep that, keep that core tight. Thank you. Absolutely. So kind of transition. So you went from uh, your formal education in the bodybuilding realm and then you got into business. What was that transition like and where was, you know, what was the vision with that? What was your end goal in that game? Well, when I first got into business, you know, I knew everything about anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, nutrition. I was competing at the highest level. I knew how to get people in shape. Right. So just by pure hustle, working 60, 70 hours a week, 
and by just getting people in great shape, our business was doing pretty good. And what I mean, I was pretty doing good. I was making like 10, 15 grand a month. You know, at that time, I was 27 years old. You know, for me, coming from where I come from, nobody made that kind of money. So I was the man, right? I, was <laughs> the so I thought I was the man, right? And so I was good with that, you know, until I decided, okay, well, I want to, you know, stop bodybuilding here soon. You know, I got to get serious about the business. So I need to learn marketing. I need to, I need to learn sales. I need to learn business. And that's when I started getting mentors and, and I started really studying, getting, reading books and surrounding myself with people who are been there, done that. And then that's when I was able to scale the business and 10 exit. You know, you know, you know, you always want to make sure you surround yourself with people who already been there, done that and doing what you want to do later on in life. Uh, you got to be the dumbest person in the room. 100%. That's amazing. So when it came to building the, you know, the building blocks of the business, what were some of those key aspects when it really came to building the foundation and scaling it up from there? Well, um, the building the foundation is very important. You know, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, you know, we get into business and all we think about is making money, making money, making money. But if you don't build the right foundation, that money's not going to last. Something's right. going to come back and bite you. There's going to be, there's going to be a, you know, there's going to be a, a somewhere where you're going to just mess up. Just like, you know, when you first start lifting weights, you got to learn the fundamentals. You got to learn the proper technique. Sure, you can get some good results, you know, lifting incorrectly, but sooner or later, that injury is going to set in. You oh, know, yeah. so everything that you do in life, you know, there's a fast way and there's a correct way. Now, the, the correct way doesn't mean, doesn't mean it can't be fast. But fast way means that you're not even putting any thoughts into it. You're just going all in. Correct way means you can still go fast, but you still have your eyes and ears open and you want to make sure you do the right thing. You want to make sure you protect yourself and nothing can come back and bite you later. Right. No, absolutely. What, what, what is the correct way? The correct way, first of all, you know, of starting a business is, you know, getting the right people around you. You got to get the, you got to make sure you have the right attorney. You know what I mean? You got to make sure you have the correct infrastructure. Like, you know, what, what are you going to be? Is it going to be an S corporation? Is it going to be a C corporation? Is it, is it going to be an LLC? These are the stuff that you need to know. Okay. In every business, man, you got to figure out, first of all, how are you going to get customers? You know, how are you going to retain them? How are you going to get referrals? And how are you going to make them a lifetime value client where they're going to not only stay and refer, but they're going to rave about you, you know, you know, all the time. You want to make sure you build what I call loyal clients, not just satisfied clients. Loyalty. That's huge. Because, I mean, it's, it's one thing to get the new sales, but it's another thing to keep those new sales in the system as long as you can because you can keep funneling, boom, 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 provide more value, provide more value. It's 10 times cheaper to keep a client than to get a new one. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, because there's a lot of people, they have, I feel like there's two different philosophies. And, you know, you have some people who are like, it's, it's all about the uh, keeping of the customers and all the other one is about new sales. New sales is the lifeblood. I hear new sales is the lifeblood of the business. But I also hear, you know, the loyalty is what keeps it alive. Why can't you do both? Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that's what you got to do. Well, when, you, when you're building a business, right, you got to look at it as a bathtub, right? Mm-hmm. So what it means, you want to make sure when you're trying to take a bath, you want to fill up the tub. Right. So you can either pour water, but if there's a big leak in a bathtub, you're never going to fill it up. That's true. So you got to try to, you know, Ideally, you want to pour as much water as possible and you have to have zero leaks. Right. So you can bring in customers and so you can lose them. 
just as fast. That's why marketing is a double-edged sword. Because what? Because if you have a shitty service or a shitty product, right? The more people know, the more people you market to, and they're going to come and experience your shitty product or shitty service. Why? The more people are going to know that you have a shitty product or service, especially through social media, right? Now, marketing is awesome if you have a great service and a great product. Right. <laughs> so how do you how do you go from having a shitty service or product to having a great product or service? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you got to be obsessed, right, about about learning about your clients, knowing their needs, and know what they want. Right. You know, we're not in the fitness business. We're in the people's business. I like that. We're yeah. in the people's business. At the end of the day, everybody wants to feel special. Everybody wants to feel wanted. Everybody wants to be heard. So if you know about that, you know, you apply that to the vehicle that you have, which is through fitness. You're in a people's business, business through fitness, right? That's your main part. That's your main goal. You know, that's, that's how you're going to be successful. You can't treat people these days transactionally. You got to treat them relationally, relationally. Cause at the end of the day, there are, a thousand people within a five mile radius that are doing exactly what you're doing. So why <laughs> would someone, you know, hire you over the other person? Hey, look, you know, if you're training somebody, a jumping jack is a jumping jack, a plank is a plank, a squat is a squat, a deadlift is a deadlift. You're not doing anything that somebody else cannot copy or do. Right. The thing that they cannot copy is how you make your clients feel. Valley bomb. I love that. That's a, yeah, we're all in the people business. That's all. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So going from you know coaching now. So you've been doing coaching at, you know in the beginning and then all the way up until now. I see your stories as well. Always trying to bring on new clients, helping you know, help people make bigger transformations for themselves. Uh, but then you also transition into owning your own gym franchises. Yeah. What was that process like? Because that's one of the, that's been one of my kind of deep seated dreams is like having my own gym franchise and opening opening locations all across the country seeing what you're doing is absolutely you know, remarkable. What was that transition like? And what, what has that business model, what's the difference between that business model and everything else that you've done thus far? Well, franchising is basically you're giving your systems to others in different areas for them to run and for them to be able to carry your business in other areas, your name, your systems, you know, everything that you, that you learn. A franchise business is an amazing business because it's basically a business in the box. Franchise business is basically someone who's already went and done all the mistakes, you know, messed it all up, but finally figured out what really works. And they put it in a nice system, in a nice standard operating procedure, and they're basically hand them, handing their business to you for you to run and go make money. You know, so in the beginning, we didn't set out to be a franchise. In the beginning, I had no idea what a franchise was. All I was doing was getting people in shape. And next thing you know, the word got out and what we're doing and all that kind of stuff. And we, we opened up a second, second location, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. And then next thing you know, people were like, hey, you know, can I, I want to open up my own camp. What can I do? I'm like, wait a second, you do? And then next thing you know, I talked to some attorneys. They're like, yeah, you become a franchise. We, we became a franchise and the rest is history. That's amazing. And now 110 locations later. Wow. That's absolutely remarkable. And that, that's all in the U.S., right? Or is that international? Oh, and in Mexico as well. In Mexico. Wow. So you are an international. Yeah. 
international franchise. That's, that's absolutely insane. So what's been like the key message? Cause I feel like there are, you know, a lot of companies who do want to franchise out, but they're not exactly sure what it takes to really break that barrier to be able to grow to the size that you have. What are some of those key uh, steps in order to get to that point where you can really scale out the way that you did? Well, first you have to prove the concept, right? right? You can't franchise with having one location. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have, you know, a few locations in few different geographical areas to prove the concept that works in different areas and, 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 and different things. And one of the most important things when it comes to having a franchise is you got to start on what I was called the SOP standard operating procedure. Mm -hmm. So this way you can have anybody, you know, with, with, a, with just average intelligence, you can give them that standard operating procedure and they can go and carry out your business correctly anywhere in the world. That's huge. The SOPs are massive. That's something I've just been learning about these past couple months and just having a system where you can just, it's like copy and paste. You can get hire a VA to do a SOP. Like you said, you know, with franchise, you put it in a box, boom, yeah. and it's, it's all laid out for you. It yeah. makes everything so much easier. And you can also do that in your, in your actual life too, like day to day SOP, like your habits are huge. I do that right now. I mean, I do it every day. Here it is. My SOP for today. No kidding. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't just wing stuff in life. Mm -hmm. If you're going to wing life, then you're going to have a wing results. You right. Know I mean? <laughs> you know I mean? You can't, you can't do that. You, you can't do it. You got to know, you know, we all agree that time is the most precious commodity we have, but why is time the most, most wasted commodity? Right. That's you. Cause everybody knows it's, it's now become, it's a blast on social media all the time. Like time is the most valuable asset you have yet. Everybody fucking wasted. Nobody has a plan. Nobody fucking has a plan. Yeah. No, you know, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do today? What am I going to do today? Well, you messaged me earlier. Hey, remind me on, on, on eight o'clock, you know, um, pot, you know, podcast of our interview right now. I already know. It's already on my schedule. <laughs> and I mean, it's like, you don't have to remind me. Like, I, I mean, I, I appreciate it, but I, but it's so surprising that you have to do that to so many people. You know, when, when somebody says, you know, right now, two months from now, Oh, Sam, on January 14th, let's, let's do this. You know what? For me, most people, you have to, hey, are we still on? Are we still on? Are we still on? What do you mean, are we still on? We already talked about this. No <laughs> about I told you I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. That's perfect. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I make sure to do that just out of, you know, just making sure everything's all no, good. But, no, but I, lo I, I love yeah. that you do that. But it's surprising how many people forget. It's surprising yeah. how many people, you have to remind them of that. Why, why is that? Because they don't have a system for their life. Oh, yeah. I run my life by systems. You know, my car wash guy comes in at seven o'clock in the morning every Friday. My hair, my, my haircut guy comes and haircuts my hair six a.m. every Friday. My dry cleaner gets done two p.m. every Wednesday. You know, I have a system. My workouts are four a.m. as you know every single day. I have a system for my life. You know, and I, and 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 until you put a system in place, you know, then sooner or later you're gonna have a decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. Every single day, you have a billion decisions to make. Now, the last thing you want to do is figure out, oh, do, do I need to get a haircut today or next week or next month? No, it already happens. So you don't think about it. Right. Absolutely. That's huge because a lot of people, they'll look at, you know, the systemized approach to life and they'll say, oh, like it's too structured. Like I'm in a box. Like, no, no, no. That's where the freedom comes in. Having a system allows for so much more freedom. Look, man, you have a choice. You know, you, you have a choice in life. You either have a structure or live in chaos. Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to live in chaos, then don't come bitch at me why you didn't get where you want in life. You know, if you don't have a plan, you know, you know, it's the same thing with savings. You mm -hmm. want to save money, and guess what? 
only, the best way to save money is to say, hey, look, systematically, I want X amount of money from my paycheck, go to a different account. You don't have to remember every time you get a paycheck or remember every time you get paid or everything like that, systematically. I did that for my girls. When my, when my girls and, and my son that were just born, I systematically have X amount of dollars every month go to their account. And guess what? These little fuckers are rich. <laughs> those little bit, those little bit every month, ever since they were born. I just looked at them. I'm not even going to tell you how much. They have more money than when I was in my 30s. <laughs> you know, but if I would have done that, if I would have like, oh my God, I got to do this. No, they already have it. It's already there. Right. It's already taken care of. Yep. One less decision, one less worry to have to worry about. Yep. 100%. That's huge. And so kind of transitioning now to where you're at today, what's the overall vision and the end goal and the mission moving forward from here? Because you've done incredible things throughout your life so far. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to be next. What's, what's the big emphasis here? Well, Chase, for me right now, you know, my biggest priority right now is my family. Mm-hmm. You know, as you saw this morning, I got up, you know, when I took the baby with me and gave my wife a little bit of time to rest you know, and I, I took the baby to the upstairs gym with me. And I, you know, I, I was hanging around with him earlier. You know, I was feeding him. And I was like, you know, I changed his diapers and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So for me, you know, I just want to kick back and enjoy family and be able to provide for my family and be the best father I could be. That's my number one priority. My number two priority is to be able to change as many lives as possible, whether it's through my story, whether it's through my programs, whether it's through my mentoring, I want to make a positive impact in the world. I've achieved pretty much everything that I want to achieve. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I still want to achieve more, but not at a price of missing out on those things. Right. That's you. Because I feel like a lot of people, they, they neglect a lot of, you know, A, their health. That's kind of like one of the big things for you know, entrepreneurs today. But another one is their family. You know, maybe they don't spend that extra time with their kid or go to their, their baseball game or go to their recital or, you know, even like you, like you just did this morning, you, you took your, your son up with you to a treadmill. I mean, that's, that's a moment that'll last a lifetime, a lifetime. It's the, it's the little things like that. 100% man. You know, you know, memories are everything long after we're gone. The only thing we left people with is the memories, you know, and uh, to me, man, I, you know, I cherish every moment with my son, with my daughter, with my daughters and, and my wife. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone, you know, and then at the end of the day, you know, why am I working my ass off? It's for them. And, you know, if I'm working my ass off and not spending any time with them, then how, what good is that? Absolutely. Do you think, you know, having that uh, family structure has helped you just with not only just the business, but the health and then your overall personal development as well? Well, you know, having a family structure just makes you grow up faster. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I was a more, I was a very selfish, self-centered person. You know, I was the only child growing up. You know, we, we, we didn't have any money. So when I did have money, you know, I thought I was a shit, you know, and, and you know, and I, you know, it was, it was all about my cars, my clothes, my jewelry, my watches and how, you know, going to the club and, you know, you know, you know, flashing things. And, and I was a bodybuilder, which is the most selfish sport. You know, there's, there's no team in bodybuilding. There's no, <laughs> you know, there's no team. Or like, it's all about you when you lift, when you sleep, when you work out, when you tan, when you pose. So, you know, having, a, having children really, really grounded me. 
really knew that, you know, that look, man, there's somebody here that I need to care for more than myself. There's somebody here that didn't ask to be here. <laughs> I've got in this world. So it's my responsibility and somebody here that cannot take care of themselves. It literally will die if you don't take care of them. So I need to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm there for them. And I take that very seriously. Oh, absolutely. And I can tell, I mean, if anybody's watching your stories on Instagram or even just some of their posts, it's no, very evident that you're heavily family man. And I, I respect that wholeheartedly. Thank you. Absolutely. And so what's kind of the, the vision, I guess, for your family going forward? Like what, what's the, um, what kind of place do you want to put them? Well, you know, I want to put my children in a place where they can become the best that they could be. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to force anything on them. Like it was forced upon me. And that was an old way of thinking. You know, it's nothing, you know, uh, nothing against my mom or nothing against parents that do that because, you know, they were raised in industrial age where, you know, they said, well, you either have to work in the factory, you know, or work at the bazaar or, <laughs> you know, get a degree, you know? Yeah. And for me, you know, if, if they want to get a degree, fine. If they want to become entrepreneurs, fine. As long as they have a goal, I'm going to support them, you know, and um, I want to, I want to make sure that they are become functioning member of society and, you know, give them all the tools. And one quote that I always went by is give them enough to do something, but not so much that they don't do anything, you know, and, you know, being privileged now, I'm very careful not to overdo things, not to have entitled children running around because that's something that I'm not going to stand for. Right. You know, and, 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 and I, I'm, I want to make sure that they're going to have to, you know, make their own way. I'm going to guide them. I'm going to become their um, trusted advisor, but I'm not going to do it for them. Right. Yeah. That's, that's actually, that's a principle that my dad goes by too. It's like, if I want, you know, help or advice, I'll go to him and be like, okay, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about this, but the rest of it, go figure it out. Cause you need to learn how to go make, make it yourself, how to do it yourself and all that. And I think you're taking a huge, great approach to it. Cause I know me growing up, uh, I grew up really privileged too. And I was given a lot. And I think that really did lead to a sense of entitlement to where there was a period of my life where I just, I didn't really try. I didn't really do a whole lot. And then it wasn't until, um, you know, like it was like 2008 and the years after I go to college where I realized I'll go, okay, I got to make something for myself now. Life's not going to hand me everything. So I got to go out there, meet people, talk to people, like meet people like you and talk to people like you and, you know, go make a name for myself on my own, you know, cause at the end, at the end of the day, your success really comes down to what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's the, it's the 1% things that you'll do. So I think the approach that you're taking is phenomenal. I think your, your kids are in good hands. Thank you, Chase. Absolutely. And so actually transition a little bit into the 1% because I think I skipped over a little bit was the 1% club, you know, the 1% lifestyle. Where did that come from? Because I, I love that mantra. Well, you know, I was always, I was always been the odd person in the family. <laughs> I've always been the guy I was like I was always been the black sheep of the family because my family you know most of them you know like to drink most mm -hmm. of them like to gamble um and most of them never went to the gym or never really pushed themselves you know um never put themselves in any kind of stressful situation they basically took comfort over everything mm -hmm. uh, and so I always knew that there was something different about me I didn't when I went to you know, family get-togethers. I had my chicken breast and my broccoli. I wasn't eating their food, or or I was the only one going to weight room and working out in the in the, in the whole entire family. I'm talking about the big family. You know, I was you know I was the one 
when I was bodybuilding, started shaping my body and everybody looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with that? <laughs> you know, so, so, and for me, um, the 1%, you know, um, it's all about you becoming the best version of yourself. It's mm-hmm. not about you being better than anybody. It's about you paving your own path. You not caring what the masses are doing. Because what? The ma- what are the masses doing? Just take a look around you. Most people, unfortunately, are broke and overweight. One percent is all about like, look, I'm gonna make my own path. I'm gonna make. I'm. I'm gonna do my own thing, and I want to be popular. I'm not gonna get you know give into what's the popular thing to do right now. I'm gonna be you know 100% focused, just like I was in college. Everybody's out in fat houses and partying and doing this. I was bodybuilding. I was studying. Bodybuilding. I was studying. You know, and for you to be able to become successful in life, Warren Buffett says, look at what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. You know what I mean? You know, what is everybody doing? Going, going to work, coming home, watching TV. Going to work, coming home, watching TV. Going to work, coming home, watching TV. You know, where they're going, going to Coachella. They're going, yeah. they, they, you know, they, you know, they're going to concerts and, and they're broke. I'm not saying don't do these, don't, don't have fun. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a place and time for everything. If you if you are late on your mortgage, if you're late on your rent, guess what? Don't fucking go out to the club. <laughs> it's a simple, simple decision, simple things. You think it are no brainers. You know, the, the key to success really is delayed gratification. Giving up something right now for something greater later. But nobody wants to give up anything. Everybody wants, wants, wants everything. They want to save money, but yet they have to have the latest shoes or the latest iPhone. There's nothing wrong with the shoes. There's nothing wrong with the iPhone. But I know they got to get the latest, right? Or everybody wants to lose weight, you know, until they put, put, put their favorite food or nachos or, or hamburgers or, or pizza in front of them. You have to be able to say, look, say no to get a yes, a bigger yes later. Absolutely. That's huge. Awesome. So much great advice on this episode, Dr. Bakhtar. This has been absolutely amazing. Is there anything that you kind of expected me to ask or you wanted me to ask in this interview today? I didn't expect anything. I know what I was coming through, but I'm, but I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. And then uh, I got one, one last question for you. So let's say you were the one running this interview, right? Because I know you have your podcast too. Amazing show, by the way. Um, let's say you were the run- one running this interview, but you were interviewing yourself. What would you ask? I was in myself, man. Ask myself, how do you stay focused through adversity? Ooh, that's good. You know what I mean? You know, I would ask myself because, you know, my whole entire life when I look back, it was nothing but adversities. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you right now. I'm going through severe adversity. You know, everybody like looks at, the houses, the cars, and the mansions, and you know, you know, you know, in life, you are going to go through adversity. Look back, look back at any time in your life when you had no adversity. I don't care if you were in kindergarten, you had some adversities. You know, what I mean? you're in first grade, you had adversity. You had second grade, you're in high school, you had adversity. Right now, you have adversity. Just depends on how you look at it. It depends how you deal with it, and it depends how you overcome it. In life, you're either in a problem, left a problem, or headed towards one. So until you, you, you learn that and learn to deal with it and overcome it, then you're going to get knocked down. You know, you are going to get knocked down. You are going to get whooped. But get back up 
and to fight back. And that's the key to life. And that's the key to success. Wow. That was probably one of the more hard hitting answers I've gotten to that question. I really, really enjoyed that answer. Thank you. Amazing. Dr. Bakhtiar, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was an absolute pleasure. And everybody, thank you to listen to this week's episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. And until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. My name is Chase Henderfit. I am your host. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Chase underscore Henderfit. And I have one favor to ask. Please just share this episode with one person. You never know who it could help impact. And if you share it on your Instagram story, I'll repost it on mine. So until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy.